Good morning everyone, Matthew back at it again with Medics Money Triage, the show where we take all of the most popular concepts from the main podcast, squash them down into it, have a coffee, and we chat about it. Simple. Now on this triage, I've dug really deep into the Medics Money Vaults, and I've actually found episode 5 of the podcast, which aired all the way back on Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. So this episode was all about giving some financial tips for junior doctors. I've trawled through the episode and actually added a few of my own tips that should hopefully help all you junior doctors out there. This actually links quite nicely into an exciting new project we're working on just for medical students and foundation year doctors. Now, this episode has a lovely callback to the very beginnings of the podcast, in Tommy's garage. Now, keen listeners will note that in our 100th episode, Tommy revealed that the garage was actually for the shop, which I'm sure upset us all, but the podcast really did start amongst damp wetsuits and surfboards. Nowadays, we've got a slightly more sophisticated setup, but check out how it used to be. Maybe you should describe the reality of our podcast studio for everyone listening, Ed. Yeah, so we're basically in um, Tommy's uh, lovely garage at the moment, um, lovely windowless garage. Um, with um, uh, we're using Tommy's surfboard as our table, which is propped up against a, a step ladder and uh, a bench. Um, with our laptops both on the on the, the surfboard, so so a lovely office. Acoustically, it's the best room in my house. I am sat on a squeaky chair, which I'm really trying not to move so it doesn't pick up. Now, some of the following tips come up fairly frequently on Medics Money, but it's for a good reason. The foundation of any financial plan starts with the basics, and if you get these right, you're onto a winner. The first fairly basic tip for junior doctors is just to keep a track and hold of all of your documents. Now, Ed's going to tell us all about it, and it may seem fairly obvious, but it bears saying again, just in case. So. Ed, do you want to kick us off with tip number one? Uh, yep, absolutely. So um, this may seem, um, you know, fairly fairly obvious. So I, I apologise, but the first um, piece of advice or the first top tip for, for you guys is to definitely keep all the documents that you receive regarding your pay, your pension, anything else like that. Okay. So it's one of those sort of things you think, well, yeah, of course I'm going to do that. Um, but then you'll get to the end of the year and you'll think, oh, actually, I completely forgotten to do that um so try and get into the habit when you get your pay slip of, of saving them somewhere okay so um most trusts nowadays have given up the days of posting pay slips um when i was an f1 and f2 and beyond they um used to post pay slips and they would end up in the doctor's mess and then nobody would ever collect them they just big piles of them everywhere um nowadays most trusts have something called the electronic staff record so as soon as you can get onto that okay that'll give you all your pay slips as a pdf uh, make sure you keep every one of them okay because it's really vital to check what your pay is doing uh, what your um, tax codes are doing and I'll come on to what that means in, in a second for those that don't know um, and also at the end of uh, the tax year so I'm sure most of you know this but the tax year in the UK always ends on the 5th of April so after the 5th of April when it hits uh, around May time your employer your whoever employs you as an F1 will have to send you a P60, okay, which is a really important form for tax purposes. It gives a summary of all your income, a summary of your student loans, a summary of your pension payments, and so on, okay? So really try and get into habit of trying to keep those documents, because down the line, you're probably going to need them, or people will ask for them, and you'll probably look back and think, oh, drats, why didn't I actually save those somewhere? Um, the other important document to keep is something called your total reward statement, okay? Now, it's your F1s, it's a little bit early, in your career to be thinking about pensions in some ways but in others it's you know it's never too early to start thinking about your pension okay uh, and the total reward statement which you can find on the electronic staff record that gives you your um what's called your pensionable earning statement and also the current value of your pensions pensionable earnings and your pension earned each year okay so it's really important just keep saving that keep saving those documents because one day down the line 
they're going to become important. Okay, so just a really simple point. Just any documents to do with pay, pay slips, your P60, your um, uh, your total reward statements. Just just save them somewhere. Okay, you, you know you, you'll thank me in the end. Definitely. Um, when I was in F1, we still had paper pay slips, and they were just like sent randomly to your pigeonhole, and constantly oh, yeah. tracking them down was a nightmare. But the electronic staff record. Uh, it's a really nice bit of stuff. So yeah, it's really really helpful because yeah. I mean, they'd always go missing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ridiculous. The next tip concerns personal tax accounts, another classic in the Medics Money starter pack. This is an online service that every single taxpayer in the UK can set up via HMRC's website. It's invaluable as it holds information on what HMRC thinks thinks they know about you in terms of your income and how much tax they expect you'll pay, etc. This is really important because, especially for doctors, they can have the wrong information owing to changing rotations, locuming, what have you. Also, Ed explains why your tax code and checking it periodically is so important. But the tax code is, is a really important thing to keep looking at, okay? Um, your, you know, F1s at the moment, um, so your tax code should be fairly simple, um, but that will get increasingly more complicated, okay? So um, if you do one thing after this podcast for my sort of top tips, um, go and set up that personal tax account. And as I say, you can just go to the our website, uh, medicsmoney.co.uk, uh, and download a free guide to do that. It's all free, step by step. Just just do it now, okay? Uh, and again, really useful resource for the future, all right? Sounds like that's your one tip and takeaway. And yeah, my one definitely. tip takeaway is to download our ebook, uh, medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash ebook. It's free, and it basically walks you through all of this step by step. Um, and it's called What Medical School Didn't Teach Us About Money. Okay, that's a really good tip, mate. That one, definitely, the personal tax account. Um, again, you know, from my own experiences, you know, you've just qualified as the doctor. You might be thinking you've hit the big time income-wise. Let's go out, buy a Porsche and a mansion. Um, the reality of our wages is that they are pretty low as an F1 and, um, you know, probably not getting better across the board, but that's a topic for another day. So all the time that you have student debt, you need to keep your spending habits like you are a student, okay, i.e. frugally, okay. So, you know, small things like not buying lunch in hospital every day or not buying coffee at Costa every day, um, don't get a car on finance, you know, you're not going to be taking five-star hotel trips uh, all the time you have student debt. And in the ebook, we run an example of um, a cardiology registrar who contacted us at Medics Money. She was spending £200 a month, so about six or eight pounds a day on lunch at the hospital. And if you work that out over a 30-year career, you would save about £59,000. But if you can invest that uh, and compound it at about 5%, then actually that becomes £139,000. So um, you might not have got into hospital food yet, uh, but I can tell you after 12 years experience of it, I've never had a hospital lunch that was worth £139,000. You, Ed? Uh, no, probably not. Not probably not that value. Yeah. Um, um, usually fairly average food. Yeah, yeah. Normally quite cold. Yeah, okay. Average. So keep spending like you're a student until you pay down the debt at least. Um, and Ed, you mentioned tax codes already. Uh, this is your next tip. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you probably guessed by now, guys, that I'm going through the more sort of tax side of things and Tommy's going through more the kind of financial side of things. Um, so on that note, um, yeah, tax code. So again, we've um, recorded a podcast on this. So you might want to check that out as well to find out more about what tax codes are and um, what, why they're so important. Um, keeping it brief, you know, your, your tax code is basically calculated by um, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, HMRC for short, uh, and then issued to your the trust that employs you, okay? And the purpose of that tax code is to tell your trust um, how many allowances or reliefs or so on that you're entitled to, okay? And they use that to then work out 
how much income tax you pay on that payslip every month. Okay. And as I say, I won't go on into tax codes too much because we've got excellent resources on our website about them. We've done a podcast solely devoted to them. But they're really important if you think about it. That's um, the way in which the government is collecting tax off you. Okay, so if that's wrong, um, you're going to be over, you're going to be almost only overpaying tax. Okay, um, so it's really important to get your pay slips, get your P60s, um, which is again as a summary for your tax year, um, and check what your tax code is. Okay, you can also find that out on that personal tax account. Okay, and if it's wrong you can use that personal tax account to change it, okay? Now, for the minute, it's almost only gonna be right, okay? You only just started out, um, you know, most likely right now, your payslip will have the right tax code when you when you get your first payslip, which you might have done already actually in, in August. Um, but the big issue for F1s is the following, okay? So the tax year ends in April, fine. In August, you will then almost certainly, not all of you, but almost certainly move on to another um, another trust. So I went from Guildford as, as F1 to St. Richard's in Chichester as an F2. And what happens with that is you get your first, you get a payslip from, let's say, Guildford or your F1 job um, in August, because you'd have worked a few days in August. Uh, but you'd also get a second payslip from your F2 trust if it's different, okay? The issue there is that HMRC will begin to think that you're working two jobs in August and that will continue. So if you do nothing, there's a very, very good chance that when you get your first payslip as an F2, um, you're gonna be on the wrong tax code and you're gonna be massively overpaying tax, okay? So my top tip here, um, other than just keep checking your tax codes, make sure it's right and go into our resources, which are all free, is to, when you get your payslip in F2, I know it's a little while, while away now, you only just started F1, but when you're in F2, Check that pace, first payslip and see what your tax code is doing because I bet you it's almost only going to be wrong. Yeah, and if you uh, did an F1 in Jersey like me and then transfer to a different tax jurisdiction in your F2 year, so I went to Bournemouth, uh, that was tax and pension mayhem, basically, because mm. um, they had me down as working part-time for my pension and everything went wrong. So, And if I hadn't have noticed that, um, then I would have been in big trouble. So, yeah. you know, it's I, really important. Yeah, I think my pay kind of... I don't know, I'm pretty exaggerating a little bit, almost like halved from Guildford as an F1 to um, Simbridge's as an F2 because they just, they just taxed me so much. It was so heavy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well worth looking out for. Definitely. Um, and all of this is stuff that you can do yourself. You do not need an accountant to help you out with this. No, definitely um, not. All the information on our website, your tax code blog is one of our most popular tax code blogs. And it's step by step. And it's, it's really nice. So you do not need an accountant for this. As always, I have found a little bit of tax trivia for you. In fact, it may be the first tax trivia ever. Uh, you're welcome. And it's all to do with Jaffa Cakes. Tell um, us about Jaffa Cakes. Yeah, so Jaffa Cakes. So, um, you know, the rules of VAT are exceptionally complicated. I'm not going to go into them now, obviously. But um, quite strangely, if you um, if you buy um, a, a biscuit, if you buy a chocolate covered biscuit, you have to pay 20% uh, extra on that. You have to pay VAT on that. Um, but for some unknown reason, chocolate-covered cakes are considered essential foods and therefore you don't have to pay VAT. So there's a huge um, court case in 91 uh, where McVitie's um, took uh, the VAT tribunal, oh, sorry, went to a VAT tribunal, took HMRC to court regarding their Jaffa cakes because their claim was, as the name suggests, that their cakes Whereas HMRC said, well, no, they're, they're definitely biscuits because, you know, they're the same size, the same shape. They're eating instead of biscuits. Uh, and McVitie's, um, yeah, they, they took a, a massive um, Jaffa cake to court to prove that it was actually a cake for the the, the tribunal to, tr to try. Uh, and, they, and they won their case. So, you know, Jaffa cakes um, automatically went down 
quite a lot in price. I think the VAT rate at that point was, um, I think it was 17.5% at that time. Um, you know, it's a big price decrease in Jaffa Cakes that day, all because they could claim that Jaffa Cakes are actually cakes and not, are not biscuits. So there you go. You often find Jaffa Cakes in the biscuit aisle, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, but yeah, you do. There's lots of reasons why you could argue that they're um, they are actually basically biscuits, but, um, but nope. We're not allowed to call them biscuits, they are Jaffa cakes. But of course, you've just listened to my bit about spending like a student and keeping it frugal. So there's absolutely no way you're going to be buying a brand name like Jaffa cakes. You're going to be buying the Tesco's own ones, which will be something called like chocolate covered orange cakes instead. They taste yeah. exactly the same. They're like a third of the price. You can put that money you saved into paying down debt, making an investment and doing something good with it. Yeah. So uh, And not paying any VAT. And not paying any VAT. You know, biscuits, there would be VAT, which would be scandalous. <laughs> okay, that's the end of today's tax trivia. If you've got any like requests for tax trivia, yeah. um, then just uh, send us a message. Uh, you'll do requests for trivia, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Okay, just a couple more tips from me then, is to really consider now, at this stage in your career, your financial plan or your financial priorities will not be the same as they are later on in your career. But there are a couple of things to really consider the main one that I'd like to highlight today is tax-efficient investments. So the main example in the UK that I can think of at the minute is maximising your ISA allowance, which is currently £20,000 tax-free. There are different types of ISAs, including cash, stops and shares, and lifetime ISAs, and they're kind of what's referred to as a tax-free wrapper, okay? Which means that a ton of different investments can be held in them, whilst any growth or income from them is free from tax, and any withdrawals are also now, there's no lifetime limit on the amount that can be stored in an ISA, but as I say, it is limited to £20,000 in any given tax year. And one final thing, welcome Mr. Andy Powell to Medics Money. He officially started today, and we're delighted to be working with you. Welcome, Andy. As always, thanks for tuning in to Medics Money Triage. It's been a pleasure. I hope you have a lovely weekend, and take care of yourself.